Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Need a waste management, recycling and skip hire company? Look no further than Algea, Lincolnshire's national and regional award-winning team for all of your waste and recycling needs. We'll score you the best deals in your waste and recycling needs. The only blank you'll draw from us is our zero-to-landfill policy. So call us today on 01724 277 299 or visit lgia.co.uk and be part of the winning team. Okay, welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. It's another In Conversation episode tonight, and you've got Brad Mel and Matt Blanchard. Uh, and we're finally bringing you the one that we promised about a year ago now. So, you know, we finally got round to it. And we're with Neil Bishop. How are you doing, Neil? Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, very well. Yeah, it's good to have you on us. Um, let's let's get straight on then. Um, so before we talk about when you came to Scunthorpe, uh, we sort of worth noting that you, you sort of came to football, I guess, a bit later than sort of most players, and you sort of made your way up through the non-leagues. How, how was that sort of for you, and how's that been as an experience going forward with the clubs that you've been at? Um, obviously, it's a lot different to us. Probably ninety percent of ninety five percent of the lads I played with. Um, usually, it's lads who, who've been at the top academies and come down, and they're the ones who end up in. Championship League One, League Two, but you know I've done it the other way. Um, I started off as Middlesbrough as a kid, um, got released from there when I was sixteen, and then probably obviously because Middlesbrough my team and the team I support this day, it, it probably hit me hard, and I just I lost the interest in football to be honest. Um, didn't really want to play, just bummed around for a bit if I'm honest like like teenagers do and then, like I say I started off with literally rock bottom Sunday morning back just enjoying playing football with my mates again um, definitely goes with social club <laughs> we just go up and sit back to the club after the game you know face, you know, it's like Saturday night out get up Sunday morning and play your mates back in the club have a six pint and then, and then work on a Monday and that was and that was I got me and Jeremy back playing football then um, and then obviously Northern League, which is the, the local league. I don't know what the equivalent is down here, um, but it's, it was below what was the Unibon League. Um, I think North East Counties are splitting in. And like I said, I played, gone on to play in every, every, every tier of, of the divisions all over the championship. I think there's only the Premier League that I, that I haven't played in. Um, and look, with my ability, I never would, but I'm <laughs> them all into the championship some journey and look, it's not I, bad, I, to it? be honest, I would, yeah, I wouldn't change it. No, like I say, you, you can't, you can't have regrets and to do what I've done after. I think I played my first professional game at 25. Case it seems a long time ago now, even even what well, now at 38. But no, I wouldn't change it. Like it's been, it's been on an orthodox path up, but one of I've thoroughly enjoyed. And like I say, I've, I've learnt loads, loads from like I say, from playing at so many different levels. And obviously, sort of throughout those levels, you get a sort of a variety of clubs, and you sort of say that throughout the leagues. Uh, obviously, Notts County was a big one for you. Uh, probably York as well. Got getting to sort of playoffs uh, with them. Yeah, um, God, we'll probably talk about playoffs, but again, that was, that was yes. another playoff defeat. Um, I've got I've had a lot in the playoffs down the years, but yeah, York was was the one um, probably the biggest club I got there full time. Um, Starting to see what professional football was about. Um, in everyday training, 
you know, loved it. Um, I had a decent job, I'd say a decent job. I was, I was, I was working for a window company, fitting windows. Uh, with my girlfriend at the time, we just bought our house, and I was playing part time and earning some really good money doing that. So, you know, it was just, it, it was, it, it was a gamble because there was no assurances. Obviously, at York at that level, it's, it's, it's one year contracts, and and that's and that's a lot. There's no guarantee at the end of that. I would have done it, but you know, I, I, after missing out as a kid, I just thought, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't, if I didn't give it a, a shot and all and everything I had. Um, Look, if it, if it didn't work, I could have always went back to work and then and going back to play part time. But I thought if I'm going to look at myself in the mirror, I'm, I'm going to have a bash and, and give it all I've got. And you know, luckily enough, it, it's worked out. I was as like I say, I'm grateful for, for all the opportunities I've been given. But like I say, it, it could have went the other way, and I, I, thankfully it hasn't. Another club you spent some time at was Blackpool, um, and obviously there was quite a bit of unrest off the field there. How did you find your time there? Yeah, well, when I went in, I think they'd survived under Paul on, on the last day of the season and <clears throat> when I went there there was um, like I said there was a bit of unrest it, it wasn't to the extent it was towards the end um, and like I said that was I had some some real good options in, in League One that year but um, I think I was 32, 33 and obviously the opportunity of playing the championship at that time was just was something I couldn't turn down like I said it's, I think <laughs> well I told the missus a different story, but I, I, I turned down a lot more money in League One to go to to, to Blackpool in the Championship. I think Sheffield United at the time and a few others I spoke to, really good options and good contracts. Um, but look, I, again, I, I, I just had to test myself at that level. I knew I knew what I, I was going to do, even when I went in to speak to them. Um, I knew I was going to accept it because I knew I wanted to test myself at that level. Um, and like I say, we, we were, I think we got off to the best the best ever start. Blackpool were made in the first 10 games, I think even up to Christmas, just before Christmas we were in the playoffs and then I think ultimately the, the, the problems started coming in, I think, and I know obviously with Paul, Paul Ince being the manager, um, clubs were bidding for Tom and obviously he was he's, he was trying to run his contract down and his, his dad was advising him to do that and obviously that's, I suppose that's a bit out of order when you're the chairman and you're looking at that and then, and, and, you know, we had some good loan players who went back back January you know, things deteriorated from there, but, you know, to, to, to play that level, and, and we survived that year, and and that was, ultimately, that summer I come to Scunthorpe, you know, but they were, um, it was, a, obviously, there was no manager in place at that time, and it was a chairman offering contracts out, and I think there was only me and three of us he, he wanted to keep, with Chris Basham, who was obviously doing so well at, at Sheffield United, and a, and a few others, but, it, it wasn't a decision that, to be honest, you know, you could you could sort. You knew what was coming that following season. You knew it was going to be a disaster. You knew where the club were going. Um, it, it got to 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 really hatred between the supporters and the chairman. You knew um, there were going to be, you know, you know, you could see the iceberg coming in the distance. So it, it was it wasn't a real decision to make. You know, I I went there. I played the odd games. I felt I'd done myself justice. And like I said to. It was just something I had to do to prove I could play at that level, and and I know it was only one season, but at least I can say I've done it, and and I and I gave myself that opportunity to do it. Like I'm proud I did, and ultimately you led to that move to Scunthorpe. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So obviously you come to Scunthorpe off the back of Blackpool, as you just say, a little bit of turmoil there. But how how was that sort of move to Scunthorpe come about? Who were you sort of speaking to? You know, how was it sort of pitched to you? Yeah, um, I was getting married that summer, and uh, obviously we booked the church and that in um, in Blackpool where we lived. A lovely little village called Ray Green. It was it was lovely up there, and the locals were were, were superb. You know, with, with 
not just me, with Fran and uh, and Oscar. They, it was so they were so 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 nice to us. Um, I'll, I'll never forget um, how they welcomed us in. Um, great people, great place to live. Um, but um, like I said, the manager went. Uh, Paul Ince went before the season finished. Barry Ferguson took over ultimately. But he's not going to be able to do the job of the circumstances that were there, and like it was all snowballing, and you could see what was coming. So when they were, you don't want to turn as a player, you don't want to turn a contract down unless you've got something definite in one place because you don't want to be stuck, you know, with no options on the table. So although I was speaking to the chairman, and to be fair, I got along all right with the Carl Einstein. I know, I know it's going to sound weird. Um, because you speak to the majority of people about him and, and there's nothing but bad things to say but you know Sam his son coming to my wedding uh, even though I was leaving like I said got along fine with him I think the chairman just appreciated my honesty and like I said I'd gone there and just basically worked my tail off to, to prove myself and I, I think he sort of respected that in a way but yeah that's by the by um, me age, I was going off on my stag do and I was I was at least bad there for half cut and you know, it's like on a stag deal game, it was six or seven in the morning, I don't know, the lads have been buying me all sorts. And um, the agent rang me, he'd been talking to Lee Turnbull, and I said, and he, and he was telling me what they were offering, and telling me this and that. I said, to be honest, you're going to have to ring me up, this was Thursday, you'll have to ring me Tuesday, but I won't remember. I won't have a clue what you're telling me. Oh, I was in a terrible state for four or five days. Um, and then he messaged me on the Saturday, and I said, I said oh yeah, it is obviously uh, something I'll think about and get, and get back to you. And then um, I went and met, Russ Wilcox, who was obviously the gaffer in Leeds Turnbull. I think Lee knew a bit about me because obviously the Stockton lad, same as me, you know, it's a, it's a small area. Um, and I knew of Lee, obviously, uh, and I think he knew a bit of me. And then he just told me what they wanted us to do. Uh, I obviously knew names of a few lads without actually playing with any legs of. Uh, obviously, Paddy was in and Chef Scary and Chef at the time, but didn't know a lot about it and then when I looked at it I had a couple more things come down but that, that was a really one that, that, that interested me like I said I didn't, didn't really have a lot of <clears throat> a lot of dealings with the chairman uh, I don't know if he was on hold at the time I don't think I was his signing to be honest I know he likes to dip his fingers into this that, and the other but I think it, I think it was more Lee Turnbull who was who was pushing my name forward and, uh, and, and Russ at the time yeah, as you say, obviously Russ brought you in and you played under quite a few managers, which we'll probably speak about as we as we go along. But what were your thoughts on Russ? How did you find him as a manager? Um, first of all, I think he's a really he's a genuine guy. Um, managerial wise, I thought at times he was maybe overawed. Um, you know, we, we struggled. In, I know, obviously, the the, the tremendous one the, the year before that got him. That got them out of League Two was brilliant, but then it just seemed I don't know if pre season wasn't what, what I thought it was going to be. Um, we went down to Swindon on um, the day before, I remember the first before the travel on the Friday, obviously because we were Swindon away, and we still had no idea of the team, um, no idea of the formation. And I was oh, saying, No, oh, my god, you know, should we be doing this, should we be doing that? And then it, it didn't really improve from that. I mean, it, look, I, I like Russ as a person. I think he, I think he's a really good guy. And I, but the more I work with him and the more you see people, you're more thinking the role he's in now might be more, more suited to him. Like I say, I think um, you, see, you see it loads of times. You know, your caretakers go in and then they get a role and then the momentum takes them through. You've seen it when you've gone later on. But then when they get put into it full time, it sort of, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't work from looking we need someone cleverer than me to explain why that doesn't work but it seems to happen 
lots of places. But I think he, I think as a person and as a guy, I think I think he's genuine. I think what you see is what you get, and I think he's a he's a good football man. And obviously, Robbins uh, came next. He came in after Wilcox, and sort of we always said he was brought in to sort of keep us up, which you know he did do. Uh, but how how was that sort of at the start when he came in? Yeah, well, I think he come in. You, you can tell, obviously, you've gone for a real experienced manager there who had been there, who, who took clubs in, in similar positions to 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 uh, was out of danger. And like I said, that was that was that was probably that was probably his, his job description to keep us in the league and to and to, and to get us going. And then again, obviously, we didn't. We had the players. I thought to kick on a bit. I think the pre these first full pre-season would look really good. The likes of Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, they all come down, and we, and we played some really good football. And then, you know, we did we didn't kick on again. But whether that was his fault, probably us, us as players. You know, the, the players were there, um, and I thought that pre-season was really good. It was really tough, and I thought we were going to have a really good year. And again, it, it didn't really happen for for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, you can see the job was doing at Coventry, like I say, for some reasons. Mm. So managers just answer to certain clubs. Again, I'd love to be able to tell you the reason why, but um, like I say, he's doing, I think, again, a good football man, obviously, where he's played. He's been around football for years. He, he knows his stuff. When, when he talks, you listen. But unfortunately, we couldn't... Um, we couldn't kick on after he, uh, after he managed to keep us up that season. Yeah, we were speaking earlier about this and we thought we put in some decent performances that season. We had some decent results and uh, played some decent stuff at times, although obviously we were a little bit inconsistent. Something I really wanted to ask you about is whether he had, you know, his favourites in the dressing room and maybe favoured players he brought in that summer. Because from a fan's perspective, we we certainly felt that, you know, you look at players like Laird and King who potentially weren't having the the best seasons, and he was overlooking players like Murph and and even Lyle Taylor to some extent who was who was already at the club. Did you feel he had his favourites in the dressing room? Yeah, um, look, some managers will will go off. Will, 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 We'll just stick anyone in to get him. Not not anyone, but they'll they won't really go off what happens on the training ground or they'll if they don't like certain people's attitude, then obviously they'll they'll be inclined to to pick people in front of them. And I think that was maybe the case with Lyle. I think obviously he had the all the ability. I mean, you look at him as a physical specimen. He was big. He was strong. He was quick. He was confident in himself, and and he had all the traits. I think, but maybe maybe. If you speak to him, maybe you'll see he was maybe a bit immature when he come in. Um, I'm not saying obviously, I'm not saying he's a bad egg. He, he certainly wasn't that. He, he he's a great lad, and it's, it's brilliant to see what he's doing, what he's gone on to do, and I'm sure he's going to do even better things going forward because I think he's um, he's really found his found his feet in the position he, he, he in the club he wants to be at down there. But at the time, maybe like I say, for whatever reason, he's training if a manager's here, certain stuff, it, it's. The problem is that the supporters only ever see what goes out on a Saturday afternoon. But there's a lot of work between Monday and Friday that goes on, and like I say, a lot of things can happen that never ever it gets made public. Which probably managers think about when they when they're picking a team. I think that was probably a lot of cases with a lot of managers I've worked for. Certainly um, Graham Alexander and, and probably Mark Robbins were like, I was probably a good case of a lot of baffles a lot of fans why why they don't see them in the in the starting eleven enough, but. Maybe the players see some the stuff during the week that the supporters don't get to see. Uh, you were sort of staying in the sort of Robins era for a time. I think a real highlight, I think a lot of us would agree, was was that cup game uh, against Chelsea. And obviously, although we lost, I thought we had a really great performance in that game. And I thought you yourself were excellent that game. Uh, what was that sort of like? You know, going to Stamford Bridge and you know playing against you know because it was a strong Chelsea team that day. 
Yeah, we, it, I mean, it was a fantastic experience. I think we've um, we've, we've nicked our way past past Leighton Orient on a replay. Um, and then going down there was brilliant. Um, like I said, we, we were, you're never really sure what to expect when the team sheet comes in. Um, but even their squad players are internationals, but you're expecting four or five, maybe six changes. We'd had a little presentation as you do on a Friday night of what, what we might expect. And you see a team come through and you're thinking, oh my God. But it, 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 I know it's a weird thing to say, but when you go to a stadium like that and a pitch like that and, and the crowd like that, it, 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 it's going to sound madness, but it's sort of easier to play than when you're away at Cheltenham in front of 2,000 people on a Tuesday night and it's one degree. You know you know what I mean? Because the adrenaline's going from the start. You, mm. you know you, you, you know if you're not at your best and you're not at your peak shape, you're going to be embarrassed. And that's another thing you don't want to be as a professional. You've got you've got your self-respect. So your, your, your senses are sort of risen to, to maximum from... You know, you switch on. To, you basically don't need a team talk because you, you you basically know what you're going to do. I think that's why you see upsets. That's why the FA Cup just produces results and upsets because obviously there you know what it's like. Um, or we know it's like as players when when the when the lesser things come, they've always got something to prove against you. And you maybe like you say, maybe you're not as aroused as what you should be for them games. But it, it was a, it was a brilliant experience, and I thought we acquitted ourselves really well that day. We. We had a game plan. We maybe could have been a bit braver. Um, I think we should have had a penalty at one nil. Was it one nil when Ken's got mm. uh, chipped? I think it's, I think it's a brilliant trip to be honest. Um, I think you're spot on this. Um, I think it's your way around. It, it, it's a penalty. Um, but like you say, we, we were proud. We, we and then, but that sort of we didn't kick on from that performance again, which was which was very frustrating because I think that's the difference between why we, we were playing at that level and. And why we're not playing at their level like they are, because we can produce it for maybe one or two games where they produce that sort of, sort of um, performance week in week out. But yeah, it was a, it was it was, a, it was a great experience, and like I said, I think mm. we did acquit ourselves well. Did you, I just uh, go back just what you were saying about the sort of being in the, the sort of biggest stadium in, in in some ways you find it easier? Did the um, did the sort of the fact that it was on TV does that have any sort of impact on the way that you sort of approach the game? Yeah, well, like I say, it's, it's you, you've all got your professional pride, and we were going there, and you're not going there to to be passed around or to be embarrassed. And, and they've got a team from the Nationals, and you, if you, if you even want to send off it, we're going to be made mugs of. And uh, you're always amazed to watch in the pubs back home, and they're going to be giving you banter on the text and that when you're finished. And like I said, I've been lucky, really lucky, in every couple of some really good fixtures. Uh, Man City, Sunderland, obviously beat them. Macams being a bona fide what a day that was. Uh, well, that was not county, but you are aware of, like I say, it's, it's professional pride, um, especially when the, the big boys come, you, you know you don't want to be, um, it's on the telly, and, and like I said, there's going to be thousands, millions of people watching it, you want to uh, you want to give a good count of yourself. You mentioned it there, actually, and on the back of that performance, I think all fans were hoping we may kick on, and obviously that didn't happen, and the game, I think it was the game later, Robbins lost his job, I think it was, was it 5-0 at Blackpool? Blackpool. Uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, what was, what was it like? I mean, how can how can a team go from playing so well the, the game before to then getting hammered at Blackpool? Um, oh, I wish I knew. Uh, um, I, I honestly wish I knew. It was I, I honestly hear clinches, but it was like it was after the Lord the Lord made sure it was the high of being there and playing and, and being in that environment, and then you go to Blackpool. Like I said, the pitch is shocking. They they were shocking at the time, um, and but to be fair, that we, we were embarrassed. We were, we were embarrassed on that day, and I, I was part of it. I hope it ends up. We, 
as a group, we, we were a disgrace. And when you look at the, the teams on paper, and it's hard to believe we were that bad. We were that bad. And, uh, but if you're really bad, that manager lost lost his job at the end of a performance like that because you can prep teams, and <laughs> it's probably why I'm a bit worried about going into the management. You can prep teams and do all the work and the training ground, and then you've got 11 people go out and perform like that. It's, it's sometimes it's so. It wasn't one or two. I mean, I think everyone walked off that pitch, and none of us could have held our heads up and say we've 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 uh, we've done the best we could. So it was it was a, it was a massive shame, like I say. And you you do always look at yourself, or I do. You look at yourself in the mirror, and when a manager gets sacked, and could you give more? What could you do to keep this man his job? Because it is hard. That's but that's part of the, the world. People do lose their jobs, and especially when managers do, it's it's down to what you've done as a player. Do you think he lost the dressing room? Um, I, I w- maybe wouldn't put it in words. I'd maybe say his, his message probably wasn't getting across what he wanted to do. Whether enough he had enough people in the dressing room who believed in the way he wanted to play and believed that would be successful. Um, maybe that wasn't filtering through um, as clear as what it should be. Um, and I think obviously, I think he may have gone sooner if it wasn't for the FA Cup run. Um, we had a few whispers around at the time that if, if we'd have got beat off off Leighton Orient in the, in the in the round before that might have been it. Um, but you never know how true these rumours are. Um, I, I wouldn't say lost suggestion from that, I think. But I, I would say, like I say, maybe a nice way of putting it is probably his messages weren't getting across as clearly as what, what maybe it should and maybe maybe he was becoming a bit dispirited of how it was going. And, and you've, I've been there before with managers where they they sort of think they might be on the verge of the sack and you, and you can, you, you sort of see it physically, you know, visibly the shoulders start dropping and the quieter around the club and maybe if you ask Mark, you, you probably see he was he was getting towards that stage. Um, and then obviously with Mark uh, gone, it sort of became Dawes' first uh, caretaker spell in charge. Uh, with Dawson as well and there's some really good stuff there and I think just before if I remember rightly just before Alexander was brought in I think the chairman released a statement saying it was going to be Nick Dawes's job until the end of the season uh, so sort of what was what was that yeah, like sort yeah. of playing under Dawes for the start first of all I think I think Nick Dawes is a, a good coach a, re- a really good coach uh, his sessions were, were always different were always challenging Made you think it, it was enjoyable. You know, he could, he could put a he could put a session on, um, and I think he was sort of when Mark was probably a bit uptight, and you felt maybe you couldn't you couldn't have a laugh and a joke around the place. He sort of relaxed the place, and I think he had a decent run, didn't we? I think we drew, we drew a lot of games. Um, I, I can't, I don't think we lost many, if if any, while he was in charge. But we we, we were we were drawing a lot of games. Um. And then, like I said, we we just uh, as as players, we just thought that was it to the end of the season. And I mean, Gracie, Adam Gracie, the secretary, sent out a message. Graham Alexander's been appointed um, the day before he was in this, the club will make a statement this afternoon. And that was that was a shock. Obviously, the WhatsApp group was going mad. Um, like, oh, know about this, but I all this at the other. But no, that the first thing we knew was, was like I said, uh, an hour before it was um, before it was announced, he was taken over. We didn't get any prior. Prior warning, and um, speaking of Andy and Nick later, I know they didn't either. I think I think they felt a little um, those out joints by the fact that they, he was brought in, and they were they weren't consulted either. Yeah, we've, we've, there was actually a parallel to sort of that uh, earlier on in the season with sort of some comments on Instagram that's just sort of come into my mind recently. So, how do you sort of feel like that 
you know, as as a group of players, do you, do you sort of feel you should be given a bit more notice, or do you just sort of get on with it? No, look, I mean, we players. That's our pay grade. So you know what I mean. It's not it's not for us to make them decisions. Or think we we should be any different than anyone else. Um, I was we, we were we we were surprised, but only surprised you with the fact that the chairman had come out and said, obviously it's going to be Nick and Andy at the end of the season. Um, I don't think anyone was kicking off on morning particularly. It was just it was just a bit of a shock. But like I say, as players, you don't we don't ask or ask them, we don't ask for any special heads up or, or this and the other. You just basically you've got a new manager now. <laughs> Get on with it. Yeah. And to be fair uh, to to Alexander, I think when he first came in, he obviously kicked on, didn't he? I mean, Dawes and Dawson had done well, you know, picked up quite a few points. But then as soon as Graham came in, we started playing some really good stuff and. Mm. He just seemed to really lift the club, and I think it was his connection with the club as well. Um, all the fans seemed to be behind him, and we saw some really decent football that kind of carried on into to the next season. Yeah, I think even at the end of that season, I think you, you know, I think that would, as mad as it sounds, I think if we'd have gotten the playoffs that year, that that may have been our best chance because we were on one hell of a roll. Um, we were winning games. I remember Swindon coming, we smashed them about five or six, and. It was it, it was just momentum, and it, like I said, it was like a snowball just rolling down. It was a hill, it was building, it was building. You could feel it, and I think going the last day, and then I'd, I'd tweak my car, so I was involved. I was watching the scores, and Sheffield United. You think that's an hard place to go, but obviously they were on a bit of a down at the time, and went down one, and I think we got stitched up, didn't we? Off Wigan, who played a, a mm. weak team at, at Barnsley, which was a, scandalous in my opinion. Um, a twelve-year-old in net, wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> scandalous. Yeah, I watched the goals on the highlights. You might as well put Stevie Wonder in there. It was, it was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. It, 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 I can understand it for playing the table team, but you know it, there was so much on that game that it, uh, it was wrong in my opinion. They'll probably say, look, nothing to do with them. Their, their job was done. It was it's up to them to play with the one. They're probably right, but obviously I'm biased. Um, but I think if we'd have nicked in because Barnsley finished in that last playoff. Place and went up that year. I think that that'd have been us, the role we were on, and the feeling around the club. It, I know it's easy to say, look, it's easy for me to sit here and say it, but it was just that we had that feeling. I think everyone was feeling the same way. It was just just a massive shame we couldn't do it. But like I said, some of the football we played and the way we played on the front foot and pressing and getting in people's faces and, and being ag- aggressive as a team was, was, was really good at playing. Yeah, and as you say, we carried on that form, didn't we, till uh, you know the next season, uh, up until Christmas. And I think for me, that was some of the best football we've seen for many, many years. Um, obviously, attacking-wise, we had some some great talent: Morris and Kev Holmes, uh, Haki, players like that. Um, but in particular, one player that really stood out, Josh Morris. How good was he for that first few months of the season? Yeah, brilliant. Look. I- I, I still I, I speak a lot to Josh now. Um, he was a good mate of mine. He still is. Um, he, he's a great pro. He, he doesn't drink. He's brilliant on the training ground every day. Um, he works hard. I mean, it's not just the the assists and the goals he was providing. He was he was coming like 11, 11, 11 and a half kilometers every game. It was it wasn't just like I said the attacking bit he did. He did the defensive bit as well. He, I know he's not a big tackle, and sometimes you don't have to be if you can get yourself back in position and. And block passing lines and, and block channels and make yourself big. Just just getting your shape like he did. It's 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 a good combination to have, especially as a wide man. You don't see many of them, especially not in in League One and League Two. You either get the flair player who doesn't like doing the other side, or you'll get the grafter who who can't beat a man or or, de- or deliver that final pass. And and he had both. And like I say, I'm probably I'm very biased because I really like him and he's a mate of mine. But he um 
he, he, he from from my money, he could he could certainly play at a higher level. I think he did have options in summer, but he obviously for for probably personal reasons he's gone to Fleetwood. But yeah, he was lucky at that. I think as a player that he was everything he hit. I mean, we, it, it was it was it was ridiculous what he done that season. Like I say, he probably he carried us to getting as far as we did. We were saying about the sort of the form and how we were playing, and obviously Morris was a big part of that. Uh, we were sort of actually top of the league, weren't we, from September right until yeah. New Year's Eve, pretty much, wasn't it? And so, you know, what what was that sort of like, sort of I guess in the dressing room and sort of mentality wise, you know, for the season up to that point? It was it was good, like I said, we were on a great roll. I think again with with, with Graham Alexander, the, the pre-season was a basis we worked on. There were long days, I mean, and it was, I mean, oh, Christ, it, it was one of the hardest pre-seasons I've ever done. I mean, he's, he's got, his old school values are, his old school pre-season is one of his, is one of his things. And some days it was like, you don't need your boots, just get your trainers on and get out there and you'd be running and it was hard, but it was, it was good, you know, and, and all the lads bought into it because some, you can see some dressing rooms you get, oh, what we're doing is for, we this is old school. This is not the way we should be doing it. But I'm going to pull this. I'm going to get an injury. But he had a good group um, led by the likes of like Sid Dawson, and Luke Daniels, and, and Murray Wallace, who was just a fitness freak. The people leading it like that for him, Paddy, even Paddy Madden, um, and that led into the season. We were well organised, well drilled. We knew our jobs, and you know, I, I, I really, really, as a manager, I think he's he's he's, he's top draw. Um, him and Skip uh, Chris Lacetti worked really well together, so it was it was fantastic. Um, I know we're probably going to ask me what happened after that and where <laughs> we missed out. Um, but up to that point, it was it, it was brilliant. And like I said, not what not there wasn't. I know Bolton, Sheffield United, big clubs, but we weren't we weren't scared of anyone that 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 um, that season. When you looked at us on paper, this League One, we were a match for for both of them clubs. Yeah, and we obviously had a mini blip. Um, around New Year, didn't we? I think we went to Bolton, and they just they just got that late goal to beat us. But results picked up again in January, and it looked like we may kick on again. Um, but one thing I noticed at the time, I think a lot of fans picked up on, was the football wasn't quite as fluent. You know, we weren't creating as many chances, and we were picking up the points, but you know, we were grinding them out. Was yeah. Graham trying to overthink it? Do you think at that point? I don't. I don't know. One thing I will say, especially. Yeah, I keep repeating, but lower leagues, you're not going to get that 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 type of football over 46 games. I just, I just don't think that's going to be done because if you had players who produce that 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 football that we played over maybe 10 or 15 games over 46 games, there wouldn't be a scum drop to be in. And championship clubs um, is, is maybe one of the reasons. Um, maybe good. Um, I know he is like he overthinks everything. He, he, that's just who he is. He's a football obsessive. He was there before the start. He'd been before the groundsman some days. He'd be ringing up the groundsman trying to get the uh, the stadium open because he wanted to be in the office, and he'd be last to leave. Um, and look, I, I think I, I think that that that's brilliant. That that's a leader. That's that's someone who's who's leading from the front. Who you're first in, the last out. You that's someone you respect and you want to work for. Um, so I'm not going. Did he overthink it? Maybe, 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 maybe. We've got to look at ourselves and players and think we we're grinding out results. Could we keep doing that? You know, we all want to play attractive football and everyone's to entertain, but the teams that do get promoted when they're not playing great, and when you get one or two defeats, you bounce back very quickly. And ultimately, when we when we ran on the run that cost us, we didn't dig ourselves out of that run quickly enough. And 
Look, well, it's easy to blame managers. Managers are ultimately the ones who are going to get the sack because you, you can't sack 20 squad players in, in the middle of the season. It, it, it's just football. But, you know, sometimes as footballers, you just got to take it on the chin and say, look, we've, we've, I swear on this, we've, we've messed up. I want to say the world is going to say, but we've messed up. It, it, it's on us. Um, and ultimately, again, like I said earlier, the manager, you do end up costing the manager his job, but that group we had should, should not have gone on that run that we did. And, and, it's as simple as that, to be honest. It, it's down to us players. And like I say, I played in the majority of them games, so I'm as, I'm as comfortable as anyone else. Uh, we sort of let's just sort of move off field slightly then, because around that sort of time January, sort of after the Bolton game, uh, there was all sorts of rumours sort of going about, um, specifically sort of about contracts and things like that. Uh, sort of rumours that some players had been approached for extensions, some were not, you know, and and people saying, uh, I think basically the assumption was that the chairman wasn't going to give deals out until the end of the season when we knew what league we were going to be in. Uh, what was the yeah. sort of what what sort of went on then? Because you know that that was a rumour that persisted for quite a long time that the contract situation had quite an effect on the team? Yeah, it's probably... Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that's, that's the reason, but it, it, it was it, it was an actual thing. You know, it's not, it wasn't just someone made up. And, uh, it, it was it, it was a thing and it was something that we spoke about in the dressing room. Um, I think it started with a couple of lads, his agents had spoke to the club um, and said, look, what... what Coming up in the summer, what's what's the situation going to be? Um, and I think the cupboards again. This I'm I'm only on here, so this is this is what I'm not. I can't really name names. I don't think that's right. Um, but a couple of lads have been promised maybe in January if we're if we're flying and we're doing well and they're playing every week and they're doing the job. Um, that they'd be they'd be rewarded with the, with the contract. Um, or the, or they'd, they'd certainly go in and, and talk about one. Um, and then January came and it was. Again, if this is just coming from teammates, I can't, I can't tell you if this is 100% correct. Then apparently the club had said to them that, oh, we'll, we'll discuss this in February. I think the case well, February is the end of the transfer window, and I'm out of contact in four months. So I think, I think a few of the, the lads who did felt let let down, and and these were lads, these weren't these were these weren't squad players. These were lads who were playing week in week out, part of the gaffers, um, Graham's leadership group. As he put it, he had five or six lads like me, Dawes, Luke Daniels, Paddy. We wanted, we wanted to go in because he, he never used to come in the dressing room very often. He, he was pretty distant. He trusted his senior players to run it, and any problems uh, go back to him. Uh, but he liked the senior players to run the dressing room and set the standards. And Murray Wallace, um, sorry, and then um, he, he liked them to. to um, he, he realised on them a lot, and I think I, I think they. Talking to the lads, they'd been in to see the gaffer, and the gaffer would sort of agree with them that, yeah, you're playing every week for me. If I'm in charge next season, whatever division we're going to be here, I want you here. And obviously, then they're coming back, and, and I'm sat there at the time and talking to me about it at, at breakfast. And I'm thinking, oh, because I didn't have an agent at the time, and I'm starting to think, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to. If, if these are lads who are going in, this is what they're getting told that I better get. Do I need an agent? You know what I mean? It, it's just going to happen. And then I think we played Port Vale. Um, Around, I don't know if it was December. You know, man, my memory's, my memory's absolutely terrible. Um, and then the chair, uh, Skip, Chris Lucchetti, come in the dressing room after the game. I think it was part of there. I'm sure I even scored a, a late winner, Ivan Tony. I said, Oh, Bish, um, Luke Daniels, and, and Doss, um, can you go in and see the chairman? So I'm thinking, Oh, 
and because I knew obviously the, the other two would be the agents have been speaking about me coming up to them thinking oh god we just won a game everyone was happy in the show we having a laugh I'm like oh, the last thing I want to do is go in here because I know what it's going to be about and uh, the chairman basically said look there's going to be no contracts we can't we don't know what division we're going to be in next year yeah which, which is a lot of rubbish to be honest because you sign your extension if you leave one you get this money if you go up the championship you get a 5, 10, 15 whatever percent pay rise it is that's, that's the way contracts are and anyone tells you any difference, basically a liar. Um, so we're in there, and, and the chairman said, "We can't do this. If you all, if, if you're not up with that, you can all go on a free." Um, and basically, off you go. So, because at this point, I hadn't, I hadn't gone in. I hadn't asked any. I didn't even have the agent. So I've, you've come away from a game where you've won, and, you, and you're, everyone's happy. Being, like I said, in the dressing room, having banter with lads, the music's on. I'm walking out the ground thinking, "He's just told me I can leave here on a free," and I, I, don't, I don't know what. What, what circumstances? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. I, how, how this has developed, whether he's thought by doing that, um, taking like a strict approach, he's going to nip it in the bud. Um, but then uh, uh, that was just, that was by the by. And then, like I said, I did... I had one or two clubs who approached me in January because I did I did get onto an agent after that, but I, I wasn't I was never going to leave. I was never going to leave. Uh, I respect them. Like I said, I really like Graham as a manager. I was never going to never going to go anywhere. But it, it was it was upsetting ultimately because um, uh, obviously we found out that another player had signed an extension in, around that time, and he'd been told again it's not right to name names, but he'd been told not to tell his teammates. So you've signed, you've, you've basically got a player who signed a secret contract extension, and he's told, and he's told um, not to tell anyone. So again, that 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 gets everyone thinking that yeah, he's, he's having us off. He's just waiting in the season, and then he wants rid of us. So it was it was it was unsettling to blame that solely on the reason he's he's probably wrong. Um, but what he, he, he certainly didn't know about play that way. Do you think the um, the chairman was a bit naive? Because obviously Scunthorpe for really his first chairmanship at a league club. Do you think maybe he could have dealt with that a little bit better? Yeah, and I think I think he's probably admitted. He, I, I'm, in fact, I'm, I'm sure I've, I've heard I've heard him say that. Um, like I say, I'm sure that the way he come across in that meeting, whether the three of us in, um, where he basically said he was leaving January for freeze. I, 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 I think he was basically trying to. To be nice, I, I don't think he meant it. And like I say, I, talking to the gaffer and, and Skip and a few others, it was his first real, his first real time where he had a lot of a lot of what you call probably senior pros out of contact. And a lot of people coming to contact at the at the same end of contacts at the same time. And like I say, he probably look in my opinion, he got it wrong. Um, 
he, he might argue different. In my opinion, he got it wrong. He had Jim Rodwell there at the time advising him or whatever his role was. He's, he's been around the block. He should, he's been around football clubs. I thought that was the reason he, he was there. So maybe he could have helped him out in that respect. And just rather than, because I think the stoke the fires more than anything. It, it, and it should have been, you know, pub, trying to calm him down, saying, look, we're on the same team, we're on this together. Um, it, it was maybe portrayed as a bigger issue than what it was, because it was, it, I wouldn't say, you, you never went into a game or train on a Friday when it was match day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday game prep. It was, it was never really, you don't go on the pitch, you know, these sods are off, I mean, you can't let them, I'm going to look after myself again, I'm going to make sure I don't. It was none of that business. Um, it was an issue, but maybe not as much as, as, as what it, is what people made it out to be. Uh, you talk about sort of stoking the fire there. There was sort of one other thing that was, was this an issue? There's sort of, uh, I think Swan had gave a statement out sort of around that time. It's saying something along the lines of, uh, you know, we've won nothing yet. You know, was, was stuff like that. Is that sort of added pressure or do you just sort of not really take notice of things like that? Yeah. Well, uh, that was one of the, uh, to be honest, like we, we'd seen it and obviously you see it and, you know, with social media and that day, you see everything players present their drone, but they do, like I say, because if, if you're not even on there, like sat next to you, obviously, ah, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And the other, it's just it's just the way of the world. And it, I, I, I remember the statement, I, mean, I know what you're on about, I can't make, remember the exact word, and something to do with an house or something, wasn't it? And it, it was more of a laugh. We, we just had a laugh about it. It, we, it. it did come across as a bit disrespectful. He was right in what he was saying, um, generally, but again, you, them type of things should be kept in house. There's no need. It felt like he was clearing the galleries a bit, trying to to go to the supporters and, and, and get for some reason where you know the sitting man to man across the desk from each other and have a conversation and and, and and hammer things out like that and and go forward that way um, rather than like I said, I thought he was he was clearing the supporters a bit, releasing statements like that where could have been handled differently. But like I say, I, I, I'd hate. For anyone to think I'm trying to make excuses for, for that run when us that that you know what I mean we, we ultimately went out there and didn't get the results as, as players so I'm not using that as an excuse for the reason we we didn't get promoted that season. Uh, well, let's sort of carry on with that season because after we go from January, uh, we sort of talk about as you know we, we sort of fall away a little bit. It's uh, it's six out of nine that we lose, and uh, we draw the other three, and that's the sort of run that costs us our sort of automatic promotion place. So, uh, you know what what happens sort of in a situation like that? We sort of said earlier on how you know when you top the league and that momentum from the previous season, and you know that was sort of a really positive effect. It, did it sort of work in the opposite way when we sort of started losing a couple of games? Yeah. It, it didn't, like you say, you, you see that the, the, the other teams are winning around you and it's sort of, I think, even the manager, you sort of, you want it too much. So everything that, that happens is where, the best way to say in football, especially when you, you go for motion is you take a win, you, you bag it, you move on, you get beat, you forget it, you move on. You, you, you're trying to maintain that constant level where you don't get too high, you don't get too down. Um, you can't let things, you know, really affect your emotion either way until until the job's done. Because ultimately, the season's over forty six games. Where you are at thirty games, it, it doesn't really matter. No one, no one cares where you are at thirty games. It's, it's where the league finishes. Um, and I think maybe it probably meant too much. I know it probably did to me. I was that when we were in, you coming on a Saturday. I couldn't speak the missus. It was. And, and the longer it goes on and you try different things and you think, oh, nothing's working, you know, how are we going to get out of this? And 
then you, you're a bit irritable in training. And I think we had we had four or five. Of the, we had a lot of a lot of the lads were of the same mentality. Like I say, when you're getting that run, it, we were probably taking. We were probably it felt like we were getting kicked in the balls every week, and we never got out of that quick enough. Um, and like I say, that's got it, it, it's probably one of the biggest regrets of my career that we didn't that we didn't get up that season um, from the position we were in, from the work we put in from day one. Um, like I said, there is such a thing as wanting something too much that you overthink everything and everything that will bothers you and maybe that was part of the problem that time. Yeah, so I mean we, obviously we did still end up in the playoffs and it was it was Millwall first time around and um obviously sort of at the new den that was that was a really sort of great result, I think, that nil nil and it was sort of a really tough performance. What was what was that sort of a, a game like to play in? Yeah, it was it was obviously a hostile atmosphere, it always is down there so there loads of times and, and and it's always the same. They're gonna come at you, they will they have the two big guys up front, they're gonna come in direct, they're gonna swing balls in the box at every opportunity and I remember Murph and, and Murray were outstanding that, that day, that night. Um, it wasn't probably, we didn't play any real football of note or create any chance to know, but as a team, I think we played Nessie that night and put Doss on the right and we, we were really solid and we dug in and, and it, it was it was nil-nil and it was it was a real gritty, gritty away performance and you come off the pitch and you can tell by their, their I know a few of their fans when I'm the, the, the pitch at the end but you know there was a deflation with them and, and you're seeing a couple of them and the hands on their edge you thought you know, they think that they think they had to have to sort of take a lead up to our place uh, I know they beat us they lose comfortably but we, we'd absolutely demolish them up with our place early on in the season and without without being overconfident you were you were sort of you sort of you wanted the next game to be tomorrow because you thought you know looking at them and we, there was no celebration. Don't get me wrong. We didn't. We were celebrating in the dressing room. I think the job was done. But we wanted. We wanted. You know. You, you go down there. You get a good result. You're desperate for that second leg to come. Yeah, and then obviously we have the the sort of the home game, the second leg of it, uh, and obviously as you say, it's a good performance uh, at the away game. What what sort of went wrong with that sort of home game? You know, was was the sort of changes? Should they? You know, should they have been made? What 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 happened there? You know, I know uh, sort of some of the fans, and this was something else we were chatting about earlier on. We sort of thought the tactics might have been a bit wrong for that game. Yeah, like you say, again, you you, you had Doss on the right. Um, I think you wanted to play Nessie um, in the middle. Um, I know we got the first goal. And then it, it just sort of it went wrong from there. Um, you know, the goal we conceded right on half time. I, I can talk you through it. It, it, it sort of me, me, it got me grave. I slip, sort of get a half clearance on it. I hook it away. Doss is then doesn't expect it, so he doesn't react. The lad did it up in the back post. Morrison gets above above Connor, and then Joe, Joe Anion in goal sort of flaps at it. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a comedy of errors. And, the worst thing is if one of them things doesn't happen, the, the goal's prevented. You get that time, you know, it can be so different. But, you know, it really it lifts them. And then, you know, they go on and, and I think, again, the, it was the second or third goal. It's just one big punt down the pitch. Morrison um, but gets the better of the centre-half physically. And then, you know, it's shell shock for 15, 20 minutes. And obviously you get the goal back. And it's and then we, we could have even nicked an equaliser later on. I think Kev's had a great strike that's it person two yards out. And... And I remember the final whistle going and it's sort of, it's surreal because you, you sort of, that, that's it, your season's finished. It's insane and no one expected it to end that night. I think that was what it was. That's why it was, it was so strange. I, mean, I, I, I don't even remember walking off the pitch. I just, 
in some sort of days, and then we found the dressing room, and like I say, that the, it was it was something I won't forget for all the wrong reasons. Put it that way, it was it was it was horrible, and like I say, for um, especially because the way it happened, they hadn't cut us apart with any great football. It was <clymph> it was again probably a symptomatic of that season. Our own problems had, had come from from our own mistakes. So when you sort of go into the next season, the sort of off the back of sort of results like this and the fact that we didn't get promoted when for so long it looks like, you know, we were. Does that have an impact when you're sort of doing pre-season for the next one or was it just sort of a case of, right, it's a clean slate, we've got to try this again? Yeah, well, the gaffer being the way he was, um, it was never mentioned. It was, it was not mentioned once, I think. <clears throat> you have a long enough break over the summer to get away with it. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I was just, I was the worst space for about four days after that. I was just, I, I couldn't. Missus just, just left me alone. I went back to Middlesbrough for about three or four days and just, just sat in the pub for three or four days and then it's just, just, I couldn't get my head around it. Um, but then obviously, as you do, you get, it, 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 you get out your system and then the summer comes around again. And we went back and it, it, like a couple of new faces coming in, and like I said, the gaffer just did, didn't mention it. Obviously, you have, you have your meetings at the end of the season with him, where, where obviously you speak about it. Um, but that was the last. I can't it didn't it didn't have an impact on the on the following pre-season. I, I think that's probably the best way to do it because the way it happened and how hurtful and painful it was, you you, you certainly don't need reminding of it. Um, like you say, you reflect on them days when your career ends, but you know we're still, we're still trying to achieve that same goal the following season. So there's absolutely there's no point in, there in, in reliving such, such bad memories. Obviously, the following season we started really well and um, not quite as well as the season before, but we were picking up the points and we were in and around the playoffs. And then basically, it was a carbon copy of, of kind of the, the December, January, February um, from the from the season before. What do you think that was down to? Um, well, I think that season, um, obviously, Skip left um, Chris to take the job, Berry. I think that. that Really affected the gaffer. Um, if I'm honest, I think all through his all through his career, wherever he's been, I think he'd been his assistant, um, and he sort of lent on he lent on Skip a lot, um, and he was always there to back him up. Um, and I think I, I definitely missed him. I think the appointment of Neil McDonald was a mistake. Um, he didn't really fit into you know they didn't seem to really have that connection or that understanding or the way they bounced off each other. Was, as him and Skip, ultimately that was a mistake. And I think the gaffers started feeling more and more isolated. Um, obviously, a, a, a few injuries to the full-backs who were massive players for us in Jordan and Connor. Um, they were in and out and struggling with, with, with bits and pieces. Didn't help cause the way he liked to play. They were, they were big players. And, and like I said, I, I, I honestly thought he, he felt a bit isolated. I don't think he felt... I think... If you if you spoke to me, he'd probably say that that McDonald was the wrong appointment. He didn't bring a, a lot really, um, and then obviously without skip behind him, I think he didn't have anyone to bounce his ideas off. And I, I think, like I said, that was that was ultimately a big part of the downfall that, that led to him leaving. Yeah, I mean, just before he left in the January, Paddy Madden and and Kev left. Um, Paddy was out of sorts that season. Obviously, he didn't look like he was enjoying his football. Um, but Kev, on the other hand, he was informed prior to that. Do you think that was a bad decision by the club to let them go? Yeah, I think. Look, um, Paddy was 
you go to the club and you, and you never show you. I, I was never, I was, I was unsure of Paddy when I walked in the door, but he, he's a top, top lad and he's, he's as honest as it is. He, he might get him into trouble at times because he'll just say what he thinks and it could be the, it could be the most confrontational thing at the wrong moment, or the, sorry, the, the wrong moment, the wrong thing to say, but he just comes out and says it, but that honesty and that, and that he's, he's a winner. He, and I think, obviously he's out of sorts, but I think you always keep people like him around the dressing room. I think he will always, he's always good to have in there because he, he'll dig people out and he won't care who it is. I, I, you know, I, uh, he's a person and a, a player I've got massive respect for. He, he's Again, he's a, he's a winner. Um, he, he, he works his you know what's off for the team. He's not just a goal scorer. Um, I'd have always kept him. I think with Kevy, I think he got to the point where he wanted to leave in January. Um, and I think we, with the manager being the way he was, he wasn't going to keep anyone. Or I think he's not going to go to someone and, and sort of not beg, but try and, and convince them to see if they don't want to stay. That's just the type of person he is. That's just the type of manager he is. And um, So ultimately, I think it was right that the, the, the Kev did leave um, if he wanted to go um, he thought he could get a better deal somewhere else which he did maybe football wise it wasn't the, his best decision uh, look again Kev is again as a lad I absolutely love Kev I still speak to him now um, but maybe if he looks back he'd probably say that he, he probably shouldn't have pushed for that move as much as he did. Uh, you sort of just talked about Kev there. It, it did always, you just mentioned him, but it did always seem like you two had a sort of a good relationship, like you'd, you'd often sort of see with your arm around him, you know, sort of during the games, and sort of, I guess, talked him through it a little bit. Uh, sort of, so what was that sort of relationship like? Oh, it was great. I mean, when he first came in, I, I, I probably didn't look like a good relationship because I was always waving me out. Yeah. Oh, Kev, you're flipping top jumping out. You're funny, this, that, and the other. Oh, I've got his back. Probably a bit too much, but when you see him train and and you see him come in, you see the ability he had, and it was just sort of the fact that this is this is the level, you know, that you're going to have to take a kick every now and again. You know, people are going to try and come and kick you. That type of player, and if the if 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 they see that you're scared of that or you don't like that, then they're going to do it twice as much, or they're going to keep doing it because that's 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 how they'll deal with you. Um, so I think he was a bit unsure of me when he first came in. You could see him sort of looking at me out the corner. He's thinking, "Who's this lunatic?" I can't understand the word he says. Um, but he was lucky. He's a great lad. And I said, I do love him. We got, we, we got along really well, really well, and we still do. Like I say, he's a top top man, and it's good to see him now doing what, what I think we all knew. He had the ability. He was just doing it over a sustained period of time, and I think this manager's getting getting probably the longest spell out of him that, that anyone has done like I said long yeah. may continue because he if he keeps doing it he shouldn't, he shouldn't play at this level with his, with his ability and I tell him this all the time he, so hopefully he, he doesn't have to leave Scunthorpe to, you know, to, to get to them leagues hopefully he can be the one who, who fires them Scunthorpe up, up through the divisions but now me and Kev we had a strange relationship to start with but it was like it, it, it's all over now it's all good well, we've, we've actually had a message from Kevin. Uh, he sent a question in. He said, do you love Kevin? <laughs> Kevin? I've just answered that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's top man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's brilliant, like I say. He's, he's got a heart of gold. Um, he's frustrating at times. He used to frustrate me. And I, I used to flip him. Kevin's dressing room. He'd tell me to wear off and this, that and the other. But the minute the game was over, you know, we'd be, we'd be, I'd be cutting his socks up and he'd be tying his shoulders together. And it'd be, it, it, like I say, it's, it's, I, 
how people should be in a dressing room. You should be able to have a pop at someone without them spitting a dummy out and taking it too personally. It's, I think he, he understands that I'm having a go at him because I knew I, you see the ability in if you get the best out of him, it, was, it would not only benefit me, it benefit the team, and ultimately it, it, it's going to benefit him and, and he'd and he'd rock it. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully now he's going to start doing that because, like you say, you don't need me to, to, to tell you the ability he's got. Let's let's go back to the sort of the season then. Um, and obviously, as Matt said earlier on, it was pretty much a bit of a carbon copy of the season before. You know, we were doing well at the start, fell away in sort of January and February. Uh, so then, obviously, then this the decision that. I think split the fans quite a lot at the time. And I think it still does now to be fair, because, you know, the success of uh, managers after Alexander, we've not done particularly well. Um, so obviously Graham was sacked then while we were in fifth, you know, we could sort of see why it happened, but what were the sort of players reactions to that? Um, obviously the players, the players, he, the players the manager brings in are obviously more attached to, to that manager for the, for the obvious reason. Um, but obviously, I've seen it a few times since I was being there, so you don't become immune to it. Obviously, it's, it's horrible to see people lose their jobs. Um, but you could, again, you could sort of see it, see it coming. It wasn't. It was. It was sort of. It was a shock, but not a shock. If you get what I mean, you could you could sort of sense it. We weren't on a good run. It looked like what had happened the season before was replicating itself, and instead of missing out on automatic promotion, it looked like we were going to miss out on the playoffs. But looking at the league, we, we weren't doing well, but. There was never really. A, I think we would have finished in the playoffs anyway, because um, I don't think not because of how what we would have done. I just don't think there was a team. If you look at that league at, the, at that season, there wasn't a team who was going to push in and capture. Plymouth had a bit of a goal, but ultimately they just ran out of steam at the end. I don't think there was a team who was going to come and capture. Um, so again, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done that. I never like to see managers sacked. Fifth in the league. Looking at the outside, it looked from carnage on the outside. People are ringing me up and people, you know, in football, like, what's going on there? I think, that, again, the chairman's probably panicked, maybe with good reason as to what happened the season before. Um, but there was a change in the manager, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, obviously, with, with Chris going, um, I don't think he felt as as confident about, you know, being in that dressing room and leaving without his... That was right hand man there, and I think I think them two as a, as a partnership were brilliant. I think, but once they split, uh, the difference was was very noticeable. As you say, we made the playoffs, and obviously we've got Rotherham. Um, the home leg, a little bit disappointing, just to get the draw in that one. Yeah, because I thought we played really well. Um, I think Rotherham beat us twice that season, so it was it was always going to be tough. But you know, I was I was on the bench and I watched it, and I thought I thought the performance probably merited a merited a win, but. Um, I thought maybe we were a bit naive going to Rotherham for the for the second leg. We went we went with the same shape and the same system, and we had the we, we had the wings. And I, I know I know Warney, I know Rotherham's manager, and like I said, they they had us nailed down to a two. They knew exactly what we were going to do because we'd done it. Um, we'd done it all season, and since Nick Dawes took over, we basically had. Have the same team. I mean, you could name it. Anyone could name the team. I just thought we were a bit, maybe a bit naive. Nick was probably a bit naive. Maybe we could have been a bit more solid. You know, just keep it nil nil to six, keep it tied up to 60, 70 minutes, and they start getting a bit edgy. The crowd starts getting a bit edgy, and then maybe if you leave Hacks on the bench, you, you unleash him for the last 20 minutes. It, it's just an explosion of pace and power. And look again, I'm, I'm 
sat here talking with the uh, with the benefit of, of hindsight. But I thought the time because it beat us, like I said, they had the better of us that season in in the head to heads. Um, maybe I thought we could have tried something different that day. And like I said, I thought, like I said, it's easy, it's easy for me to say this, but I thought it was a bit, a bit naive. Uh, and like I said, in that second leg, I thought we were we were well beaten to be honest. And that game turned out to be a last game. Uh, did you know that was going to be a last game? Right yeah, yeah, I did. Look, as, as much as I like Nick as a coach, I didn't really, I, I wasn't having him as a manager. Um, I thought at that time the chairman and Jim were having a bit, a lot of, a lot of swaying. What was the team that was being put out on the pitch, and I thought they were having a lot of influence with, from behind the scenes. And I thought, I just uh, look, I'm. It's probably a feeling, but I can't really hide. If I'm feeling somebody, you can usually tell because I've even got a face like thunder or I'm, I'm laughing and joking, so it's, it's easy to tell. And I just, I wasn't happy when he took over. I know I wasn't playing. And it wasn't really, look, the age come in and was fantastic for us. And again, another great lad, a, a brilliant centre midfielder. It wasn't that. It was obviously I'd come in, I think, Fonda's missed Wimbledon away and I'd come in and done pretty well. Well, I thought I'd done well. Got a decent point and then in the in the office now, I'd be sure out in the plane. I just thought, and it was sort of a bit like I wasn't really having Nick as a manager, to be honest. Uh, I say massive respect for him as a coach, but as a manager, and you you sort of knew he was getting a job, um, so it was in my mind. I, I was always leaving that summer, yeah, which which was a shame because you know at my age, a lot of you know you speak the club. The club knew I was doing my coaching badges, so they just said, look, this you're going to be a bit part player, but. You know, if you want to come into the academy and do bits of coaching, this, that, and the other world down that way, and look, I'd have probably stayed, if, if I'm being perfectly honest, but, you know, that was never even mentioned, so I just thought, well, you know, the writing's on the wall, I've probably got another couple of years playing in me, so I'll go and look for a fresh challenge somewhere else. Were you offered a new deal that summer? No, no, and it was, it never got to the point where I was, to be honest, um, the, the, obviously, again, the playoff, you, you leave, I sort of, I knew what was coming. Like I say, me and Nick didn't really get on. We'd stop basically even talking by then. So after the playoff game, I, ran, I just went round and shook everyone's hand, thanked everyone. Obviously, thanked the sports at the end because I knew I was off. Um, and like I say, the players' meetings, I just ran Nick. I said, look, what? there's no point in me coming in. We both know what's happening. Like I say, it was sort of there. I'd sort of... You know, the chairman really wasn't... Look, the chairman's top man. The money's put into this football club, you can't... They can't knock it, but he wasn't really on a personal level. He wasn't really my type of bloke, so I didn't really, I didn't really feel wanted to be honest to, at any level. You know what? The, um, so it was, it was sort of everyone knew what was happening, and I didn't. Like I said, I didn't really have a problem with it. That, that's football. That's the industry. Uh, you sort of talk about how. Um... It was sort of known that sort of Dawes was going to be getting the job. If uh, if if that wasn't going to be the case, if because there was sort of a lot of talk at the time, I think about Grant McCann especially was possibly you know down to be coming in. If if it was looking like it was going to be a different manager, would do you think that would have been something to sort of you know push you on personally to sort of try and sort of engineer a new deal for the following season? Um, no, um, I, again it was just I thought the way I was when I'm not playing. I'm always. I, I always think whether you're playing or not playing, you you, you are you are in the dressing room. You know you you've got to be you you'd be disappointed that you're not playing, but you, you, ultimately you want your team to well, you want the players to do well. So you know I was in there. I was I was always 
encouraging. I was always to, to the lads, or like you say, Kev, every, anyone in the dressing room, always trying to be a good influence in the dressing room. And I, I just, I, I don't think, I don't think that was maybe recognised by, certainly not Nick, maybe the club. And like I say, it was just Nick come over, Nick, when Nick come in, it was he basically really didn't speak, speak hardly anything to me, to be honest. He was very much, we'll work with the first 11 and the rest of the years are just, are just fillers. So that's what it felt like to me. So, and like I said, the club had never come to me and, and spoke about the deal. So I'd, I wasn't going to go to them and ask because I, I thought my service there might have wanted mm. a, a deal. Like I said, at my age, I, I don't expect to play 30, 40 games a season or I didn't for, for a League One club, but I just said, look, like you say, you can come in maybe start your coach and do bits and pieces. Um, it might have been some of the tempting me, but I was certainly not going to gonna beg anyone for a contract, no, or, like I say, because I thought I'd done enough to, to warrant it. But there you go, these things happen in football. Like I say, I'm not, I, re- I really am bitter because I've gone to another good club where I'm really enjoying myself and I wouldn't change it four years for the world. Like I said, the stuff, I wish it had gone differently, but, you know, I had a fantastic time at Scunthorpe, so I'm, I'm certainly not going to be, uh, be bitter or mourn about how it ended. And yeah, obviously Nick got the job, didn't work out, and he was he was sacked pretty quickly. Um, were you surprised at the season Scunthorpe had last season? Obviously relegated and um, got off to a really bad start, and just couldn't really get out of that that rut. We had a little run in January, but never really picked up, and sort of after January it was shocking. Um, so did you expect a poor season uh, after what had happened in the summer? Um. To be honest, I, I didn't expect it to be that bad. I'd be lying if I said it, if I did. Um, I didn't think they'd have had seasons like the, the previous three. Well, you obviously missed out on the playoffs, score with them, playoffs twice. I didn't um, I didn't think it'd be that bad. I didn't think it'd be that good, but I certainly didn't see it that bad. Obviously, I was very aware of what was happening. Um, a lot of lads in the dressing room, that's what I speak to. Uh, I was shocked, actually, how, how it ended. Um, and it was sad to see, like I say, from one of us, I might think the Shemmers put, put a lot of money into that football club. Um, and, and there's some good people there. And like I say, it, it, it was just, it was surreal actually to see how it went. Um, I can only imagine what it was like for you lads. It went week in, week out after the previous previous seasons. But it just, it just I don't know, was, I think talking to the lads who were still there pre-season was a bit of a fast. I think you cancelled the Fenner game, didn't you? Because not enough players and... Um, I think they were saying the miles off it fitness wise just w- w- weren't up to it and then obviously you get that, you're getting a season that's how to turn around that's why pre-season is so important it's got to be right it's got to be hard it's got to be physical but it's got to be it's got to be well thought out and with a plan um, and I, like I say if that's wrong and you're going into the season and you're playing catch up fitness wise and everything else it, it's never going to end well but like I said I'd be lying if I, if I said I thought it was going to end in relegation uh, we'll just sort of start to sort of wrap this up. So we've we've had loads of questions that were sent in to us, and we've sort of fitted quite a few of them into what we've already discussed. But there's sort of a few ones that um, we've still yet to ask. So let, let's go with this one. So uh, you've you've played with a number of centre midfielders throughout your time. So what was your sort of uh, favourite partnership? Obviously, there's been Dawson, Ojo, Yates. Um, I'll probably say Dawson, favourite one. Um, not necessarily the best player, but certainly favourite one. I thought. You know, when we first come together under Robbins, I think a lot of people said, you know, two similar can't play together. And I think that's probably why it's my favourite one because I thought we, we both tweaked little things in our game so we so we could play together, if you get what I mean. Because I think we were very similar people. 
as in desire to win, as in, you know, we just fall on blokes. Um, and, and then, like I say, we, we did tweak our individual games so we could play it together. And like I say, it, was, it, it would have been brilliant if, if it could have led to promotion. But look, Fonzo, brilliant player. Um, and, and obviously, Yates was a brilliant lad. He came in and he was he was a young lad and he had a 40 year old head on his shoulders. He was he was fantastic and I'm sure he'll go on to do to do very well at Forest. But yeah, but I was lucky when I was there. Look, I I done the I done the doggy way for for a lot of good players uh, while I played there. So, but favourite one probably Dos. We've spoken about quite a few of the managers you've played under, but in your whole career, who's kind of the best and worst manager you've played under? Oh, I can't tell you worst. No, I can't. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, that's a terrible question. Um, best, look, uh, Paul, look, I love Paul Lynch. I had him at Notts County and Blackpool. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea and I wouldn't say he's the best manager, but maybe me, look, I'm just I'm just basically a massive football fan. He, he, England captain, Liverpool, Man United, into Milan. I just, I just love playing for him. He was one of Maybe if you told me to do something, you'd do it. Basically, going to play at the stands, I go do it. You know what I mean? I had that respect for the bloke. Um, Graham Alexander, I think, I think he's a very, very good manager. I think he had his, he had his uh, negatives, but I thought I w- me and him were pretty similar in the fact he was, he, he's full on. In if maybe that's part of his downfall as a manager as well, uh, as one of his strengths. Um, that he's so full on. He, 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 if he's, he's like a dog with a bone, but he's so passionate. Um, and ev- everything he does, he, he just wants to do well. And he, he, every, everything with him is about winning. He's just about winning, and, and that's what I respect is about him. Um, I'm probably missing a few outlook. I've got so many managers I sacked on the years, I can't, I can't remember them all, but they're the two that, that, that spring to mind. Um, what about this one? When, when you were sort of with us uh, one of the time, obviously uh, your wife Ram was on The Apprentice at one point and yeah. obviously got quite far in the process so obviously they had the cameras down and filmed a little bit with you yeah. you know that was on previously one uh, were, you, were you getting a bit of stick for that in the dressing room? Yeah I was because I knew they were coming down and they were going to do a bit but what I didn't know was it was going to be before the game so I've gone down at one o'clock and obviously obviously the president charges oh please get your kit on you we need to film on your pick I'm thinking oh my god if he walks out here he's going to do his nut I'll be out you know I'll be on the bench this afternoon because he, he honestly he was he was so professional and, and nothing like that he wouldn't have so I said how are you Grace he was Grace he was like a, I say shit and dog he was shaking in the tunnel because he'd allowed it and he's club secretary and I'm thinking he's going to get a, he's going to get a rollicking as well if he a fan down <laughs> so I was running up and down for the <laughs> Running up and down the uh, the pitch with a ball and the cameras are out. Oh no, no, can you do it this way? Can you do that way? But no, oh, God, get a move on. But no, no, she did really well, and that was yeah, yeah that was an interesting day. But oh yeah, I got I got like really you uh, and <laughs> taken out of in the dressing room, and rightly so because I didn't exactly the same thing. <laughs> And let's just uh, let's just end with uh, let's end with one more then, and we've had one sent in. It's just nice and simple. What was your favourite moment then in a Scunthorpe United shirt? Favourite moment. Um, look, um, I'd probably say I think my five hundred appearance, five hundredth appearance, sorry, was the Coventry game. You know, I think we were guaranteed the playoffs, and I scored that day. Uh, I think that again, that's probably if I sit down and think about it, I'll probably give you five more. But that's the one that springs to mind. Like I say, it was a nice number, especially coming from coming from where I had. So I never thought I'd make five appearances, let alone five hundred. Uh, and then the market with a goal 
and then everyone left and the little boy caught the pitch like same little yeah little uh, lap of honour in it. I remember he, he scored at the um at the Johnny Road end and everyone gave him a shout when you're doing a little lap of honour. Like it's stuff like that you don't forget. Like I say the supporters doing stuff like that. It just it means the world. Um and stuff like I say I'll never forget that. That's like I say I'll I'll only ever wish them the best and like I say I've been down to watch him a few times when when fixtures haven't collided and I'm sure in future I'll be down I'll be down plenty of times more because we only live we've settled now in Epworth down the road so so like I say it's only all round here so I'm sure years to come I'll be, I'll be still coming down to watch yeah, and obviously that's sort of something that was reciprocated. I think thinking just back to earlier this season, actually, at the Mansfield game, obviously you were straight over at the end, you know, obviously gave us a great reception. I think, you know, we gave you one back. Yeah, but obviously because I knew why I was leaving at the end of the the the, the problem game in the playoffs. But you know, it, that's just the thing in football. You never really get a chance to say goodbye and, and to say your thank yous. And to, it, that wasn't, I, I generally mean it, it wasn't, I didn't mean it for oh, look, everyone clapped me. That was that was just a thank you for me, like I say, because, like I say, we settled. Like we, we love it down here. My little boy goes to school here. Um, like I say, just stuff like that when he scores a goal and makes his day, uh, the way that everyone set the family down here. Um, like I say, little tiffs with, with, with the chain, that really mean nothing. Like I say, I, I wish everyone the best. Um, that was just my way of saying thank you. And like I say, I think we play here... Um, I think it's your last home game, isn't it? Second last game of the season. Mm. Um, look, and to be honest, again, in my mind, it's probably going to be my last season playing the way I'm feeling now. Um, my little boy's six, he's starting to play football. I want to spend more time watching him and, and probably going to the coaching side of it and, and have a right good go at that. Um, so that's going to be a nice way to end. And like I say, play or not, it'll be nice to go to Scunthorpe and, and say thank you to, to, to everyone again. It just, like I say, it just seems right. It just seems to be this season... Naturally, uh, I've started to think about retirement where I've never really thought of it before. Um, but yeah, but I get back to the point. It was, it was just nice to be able to say thank you to the people who were so good to me down the years. And I think that's a good point to end on. So, you know, Neil, thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed this. Nobody's right. No problem. Yeah. Uh, right, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope that was worth the uh, the year-long wait that we gave you for this one. Uh, so like, share, subscribe, all of that stuff, and we'll see you for the next one. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.